Willkommen. Are we, can we talk now? <laughs> <laughs> talk? Um, hey, hey everybody, thank you. Hello. For coming. Hi. Normally when I say hey everybody, I'm talking to the audience. Yeah. But now it's literally like, this is everybody. There's people here. There are <laughs> actual individuals here. I like we'll then also be talking to the audience. So if we say hey, we're saying it to the three of us. It's very meta of you. <laughs> I'm like, I incepted. What do horses eat? Hey. hey. And small children. Huh. Whoa. Oh. Babies. Hey everybody. <laughs> and now hey, the other everybody. Welcome Innovation to another crush. installment of Innovation Crush. This is episode 99. 99. I can't 99. believe you have done 99 episodes. Me neither. I haven't I done them all, really. I remember when you started I, this bad boy. Then what happened? How was I don't it? know. I mean, it was great with this with this fine young gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're pointing at people, I know, now I have to skip ahead to introductions. Oh, dang. Um, uh, so the man, the gentleman that you pointed to was Robert, or is, you're not was, you're still here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> Robert Donez Jr. Say hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks. It's nice to be here, Chris. Oh, gee. Hey, everything looks different. You guys like upgraded everything. Yes. Like, this is a lot nicer. <laughs> I've been upgraded. You look a lot nicer. Yes. Yeah. Everything. Um, well. uh, yeah. Iron. <laughs> they got us an iron and everything. Oh, a fresh vacation does that to somebody. There's a green you know room. I mean? Well, let, let me check your shoes. We had a. These are just, just some jack. Oh, the best part about this table, though, the best part about this table is you can actually check the shoes. You so if somebody's playing footsies, you know who's doing it. I said that like anybody who's listening is going to just insert it up the middle. Okay. Oh. So, Robert, just explain yourself and explain how you uh, have come to this circle of trust today. Um, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're sure. Where am I? <laughs> Who am I? Uh, so, I I am Robert uh, Donez Jr. I used to work over here at Sideshow and LEG. Um, came up with a, a neat little idea, and Chris happened to fit right in, and here we are 99 episodes later. Yep. So the moral of the story is, is Innovation Crush was this guy's idea. I don't think it was his idea, <laughs> per se. <laughs> it, it was his phone call. Okay, okay. <laughs> and he knew you'd be the best host for it. Yes. Really? Robert was I like, would. hey, we're trying to do some different stuff over here. We're thinking about doing a show on marketing. And I was like, that would be well, cool. Well, I know a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, marketing, you'll be a little bit limited. But if you think about like where marketers go for inspiration, then you got like, the, okay. Where do they go, Chris? To Innovation Crush, <laughs> Mother Scratches. Um, to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. So to my left in yes. your 8-bit shirt. In my 8-bit shirt. I, I figured I'm, red, I'm, I'm going red digital bun. today. So You and Robert almost have the same hairdo. Almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, it's just a tiny bit different. Um, I held back on the red. There's yeah, a bit yeah. More but we have the same. It. We have the same features, and this. I mean, we could be twins. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, that's what so. I brought you guys here to tell you. You yeah. have the same father. We have the same, oh, but not oh, the same mother. He's going to show up later. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> no. So it's like a Maury Povich show. Explain yourself because you've been talking all this time, and no, there's no name. There's no. I really apologize. Cat Jones. Yes. Woo. That is my name. That is my name. So, um, Solid name. How, did, how did you get here? How did I get here? Uh, no, so I, Chris and I kind of go way back. We used to work together, um, and then we actually started a podcast together ourselves that was a bit more loose and, uh, risque? and, and, and risque and whimsical. Um, definitely didn't have <laughs> risque a, and whimsical. A, That's a, a, <laughs> that is a quite combination. a combination. Yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't have the you know the 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 career charge that something like innovation crutch crush does innovation crutch thank you thank you very much it's let's move I on meant, i meant to say let's that. move on <laughs> eric espinosa well, hello hi how are you i'm doing well how about you i'm pretty good thank you for asking do you really care or are you just like being conversational just being polite okay cool he told me on the side um explain yourself sir 
I received an email, I think, by accident. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we've been I'm supposed to go to Eric Roberts. I just impressed in. That's you know that's actually quite often. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've been producing Ted and uh, kind of collaborating, I guess you could say. Yep. And moving forward, and we're really, really excited from all these other projects and. Amazing. Well, welcome everybody and cheers to cheers. Uh, cheers. cheers. I need a refill. We have Mimosa. some classy mimosas, huh? Oh boy, Eric's gonna be, Here, that, you're going to have to pass along. That beard is going to get sloshy in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you pass this along. To so, um, so I brought you all here today because I wanted to like take a look back, right, mm-hmm. at, at where Innovation Crush has gone, conversationally, topically, all that stuff. Um, and I'm going to start. I'm going to, you know. Uh, switch around a little bit, and we'll, I don't know. We'll just. Where are your we're guinea pigs? You just you just run. <laughs> I like guinea pigs. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go back to episode number one. This guy named uh, Charles Lee. You, Way back. You you remember Way Charles back. Lee? I remember. What Charles. date was that? Ooh. Like how long have you been? I feel like it's. I mean, a it year was and 2013. A half? It was it was like fall 2013. Oh wow! P- paint, like paint August or picture, September. Chris. Paint the picture. It was August. <laughs> 2013. The rain was drizzling outside. There was rain. An Asian man walks in. His name is Charles. Mm-hmm. Charles T. Lee. Um, yes. No, not Charles T. Leaf. That would be not wrong. Yeah. But uh, no, he runs a company called Ideation. And the title of that episode was Ideas Are Sexy. And he talked all about like how ideas are only as good as they are executed. Yep. Right? Like this whole concept of i guess it was a great way to kick off the the subject matter of this show um but i wanted to ask you guys you know uh as far as ideas that you've come across eric i know you've come across a lot lately um <laughs> but just you know what is something that you've heard lately either uh, your own personal idea that has popped up in your head lately um or something that you've heard that's just been absolutely amazing and i will start with you because you pulled something up on your phone that you can't talk about but you can talk about something else <laughs> well, um, it's kind of funny. It's like, I have an autobiography. He's like, awkward laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what can I talk about? I, mean, I, I think I have an autobiography uh, titled like, "Well, that's a bad idea." Um, <laughs> I actually want to do a museum of bad ideas, and like just build this big space where you see like. A, I there's no I bad ideas, only ideas that aren't executed. Right? Well, yeah. You can get executed I for know, a bad I'm idea. Sorry, but coming from the girl who always has bad ideas. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we'll go. You'll go last. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'll need time to think because I don't. I don't know ideas. <laughs> I mean, I think lately I've just been really blessed with coming across a lot of amazing people that uh, have really great ideas. I'm really loving the guys at Not Impossible. Mm. What they're doing. I mean, they're really changing the game in the. Um, Elliot Kotek, Elliot another Kotek. guest of the show. Exactly, and I mean, they're really they're just always thinking about other people and how they could really make a difference for. A lot of individuals. Now, explain for the they who are listening, you know, who haven't listened to the Elliot Kotek episode, please go back and do so. But <laughs> um, what happened, like what Not Impossible does? Well, they, uh, what I love is their taglines, uh, was it um, technology for the sake of humanity? Right. And so they kind of have these ideas, like how do they utilize brands for good? And so the what they did was uh, one of their big projects called Project Daniel, where they made prosthetic arms, prosthetic arms for less than $100 with 3D printers and taught the the village on how to do that. And so they kind of came in, solved the problem, and made it very cheap. And I mean, the person who, uh, Daniel, who received the arms, I lost both his arms to a mind blast. Wow. And now he has fully functional prosthetics that are very, very cheap, and they're really changing the landscape. So they do stuff like that. They have the iWriter, which allowed a person with ALS to write a love letter to his wife for the first time in 25 years. Wow. 
So I just really love like the ideas that they kind of are always exploring. Yeah, those guys have won like every award possible. They won Time Magazine's Invention of the Year like two or three years ago for something. It was like on the cover of Time. Like, hey, here's look at this thing, which was the iWriter, as a matter of fact. Robert, don't drink that. Um, what? <laughs> uh, you said, go but ahead, on, take a sip. But I'm parched. Uh, <laughs> I'm it's the clip. Mm, mm. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Cat. No. Idea. No, I'm last. I'm last. I'm letting this guy choke on his orange juice while he tells us about his his uh, his favorite ideas. Well, actually, um, to this point of uh, prosthetic arms, I saw like an interesting um, thing on. Was it Robert Downey Jr. that did the the spot and and really kind of the Iron Man arm? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he or like w- or he brought a lot of attention to it by really um, explaining like. You know, there there was a kid who re- really needed this arm, and he didn't want to just kind of give him an arm. So he made himself Iron Man and, like, made the arm look like the Iron Man arm, and he kind of explained how to put it on, how to use it, how it functions. And it was, like, this really heartwarming story where you kind of take a brand or, you know, a personality and really use it for good. And that, that to me, that was kind of an interesting innovation in, in and of itself because, yeah. you know, you're, you're taking something that's not normally used for, you know, good and actually using it for that and actually coincidentally i came across a random music video by this guy named little dicky i don't know if you guys have heard of him this isn't this isn't that kind of show Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i was like that that was an interesting turn of events um, great ideas are for the good of mankind (laughs) penis this one time in thailand Little Dicky, uh, he he kind of takes an interest. He's a rap artist first and foremost, um, and he takes a very interesting perspective on rap. Um, he he goes the very honest and truthful route. So he he actually came up with a song called "Save That Money," featuring both Fetty Wap and uh, Rich Homie Kwan. And I highly advise. Now he's making up those names. No, 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 I swear. You are very, you are very unhip hop. I'm so unhip hop. I know, I know. (laughs) But no, I I highly recommend you check out the video. It's hilarious. Um, He actually goes about um, shooting the video. So the entire concept of the song and the video itself is to save money. So he, whereas rap is typically about showing off and being lavish and you know just blowing money, wasting money, you know making making it rain. he took the complete polar opposite <laughs> and made that into a song and video. So he, in the beginning of the video, he actually goes door to door in this really like wealthy, affluent neighborhood, you know, like mansions. And he goes knocking on doors, asking people, hey, uh, I'm trying to shoot a low cost, affordable uh, music video. My name's Dave. I'm a rapper. <laughs> and he goes door to door trying to He just to turns sell it people. on its head, huh? Yeah. And. One lady actually welcomes him in, lets him shoot. Oh on my the god! Wow! And then he actually gets uh, people like T Pain on board. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he got Lam- a Lam- T Pain is also kind I of a know rapper. T Pain. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that detached. But when you're like saying names that I just can't even pronounce if I tried, you know. But yeah, it was interesting because he got like Lamborghini and like all these like big luxurious brands to actually buy into this concept of like, well, you know what? 
affordability is actually smart and it's a good thing. And you know, Lamborghini yeah, saying affordability <laughs> so is Lamborghini. smart. No, but, it, <laughs> but it, I, you know, but, but you know, I, I think like, that's interesting. Yeah. Like it, it is like taking concepts and turning them on their heads. I mean, even you, you talk about um, uh, uh, not impossible. Was it not impossible? Not impossible. Yes. <laughs> Mod- it's impossible, impossible for me to, to <laughs> somewhat <laughs> possible. <laughs> kind of possible. No, but it's, you're, you're like taking these traditional forms of technology or you know entertainment and like using them for an entirely different purpose and mm-hmm. like the authenticity comes with this co-signing of the Fetty Wops and yeah, the exactly. T-Pains and like oh I guess it is cool to save money <laughs> right <laughs> well my, my question with that actually because I I currently work in, a, in an area that's very digital focused and um, there's this term that is used frequently on a daily basis trolling Right. right. So is that is is he essentially trolling like the bigger rappers that are like that have the you know the, the full grills. gold grills and like like making it rain and stuff or is he is he just genuinely I mean I guess it might be a mixture right What do you think I think it is a mixture Um he definitely if you look at his other kind of um content he definitely takes just a more real again a, a realistic and an honest approach to the content that he talks about So I think there was like another video after watching that I you know browsed his his little YouTube channel. And, you know, I came across another one. I think it was, like, ex-boyfriend or something. And he just goes off on a tangent about, you know, being in a relationship. And I've seen so it. It's a white me, dude, right? And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I saw and, That's hilarious. And yes. To, and, you know, in, in my opinion, it's great because it's, it's, like, his genuine experience. It's his real perspective. You know, it might not happen to everybody, but he's telling a story. So it's, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I guess stalled, I gotta use I this. Brain. I know. Thank you. Thank <laughs> like, you. Let me thank ask you. you another question about what you said. <laughs> no, actually. Um, so, so on a daily basis, I'm kind of surrounded by this gaming culture. Um, that's that's the area I work in, and so a lot of the ideas that I hear stem from that. And and recently, um, I heard a, a great idea that actually to me is surprising. It hasn't been executed. So I work in esports, and so it's a lot of competitive gaming, right? Um, and the competitive gaming fans are just rabid. That's they just want to watch their favorite player, watch their favorite team. They want to see them make it to the finals, and they're watching them, right? But there's this whole VR experience that could be had with fans being able to actually go inside the game and like <laughs> interact with it without without like messing up the game itself, yeah. you know, like being a complete, like if they, they could, you know, go straight through the players and things like that and it wouldn't affect it by any means, but they can see it from a... So they can see inside the game inside while the, the, game, while the while, players while playing. While the players are playing. That's dope. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I, I would give credit to the person, but I don't know if I can because I don't know if he might, he might get upset. But um, <laughs> who, who might get upset? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I will say, I'll say that I heard that recently, and it was one of those things where it was kind of like, yeah, but like what? Because I was, con- I was competing the idea because I was like, well, what if? Um, I mean, that would be complete. Like when it comes to esports, and surprisingly so, um, you know, the, the management and the teams and the players are very adamant about training, about you know, ensuring that the that the game goes off without a hitch and that there's nothing in the way and no no right. but can but, the player see the person no in, not at okay, all that's, so. see that's the thing like it because there is ways of doing that with publishers and developers they're able to create um i forget what the term is but you can go into the game and like essentially be a fly on the wall without without anybody being able to see you touch you interact with you go you know what i mean that's awesome that's and so cool. there, there that technology is there it's just i don't i mean i don't really know why it hasn't necessarily they just call it inside gaming and say, oh, that's from, that's from our past. That's why we did that. That's from our past. Um, so I heard that idea, and I was kind of trying to uh, 
combat it and be like, no, that would be too um, distracting for the players and teams. And and the person was like, no, but you there's technology now where you don't like yeah. nobody would see it. Nobody would you would be a fan because these fans are just insane. And imagine being able to be a fan of like of of something and and it's like seeing a movie, right? Like let's say you're a diehard. Die Rob, hard. Rob, Robert Downey Jr. fan, right? And you want to go see Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And instead of just watching passively the movie, they give you this experience where you put on these VR glasses and you can like walk through the scenes as they're happening and not interfere with anything. That's amazing. Right? Yeah, they um there's a, a I know they re, they're starting to release like game sets, like the sets that they build and with the game engines uh-huh. just like as standalone pieces of property that you can go and walk around so if, like you want to walk around like a castle or a dungeon or whatever, you know, from whatever your game is. Um, I mean, that stems that back to kind just, of machinima, right? Yeah. Like that con- the 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 animation. Yeah. So. Um cool. cool. Uh, the uh, the one thing no, nobody asked me this, but I will answer it anyway. The no, I saw. <laughs> hey Chris, what what uh, current idea? No, is, I read actually through your brain. I um, I saw a couple of days ago, and I've like been infatuated with this, and like I've actually been trying to uh, hit up the artist. There's a blind artist uh, named Blankety Blank Redhawk. I can't remember his first name. I really hope it's Blankety <laughs> Blank. <laughs> It is Native American name, so that could there you be go, you know. close. Um, no, and 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 he's created these GIF art. So it's like it's like GIF files, but they're like beautifully crafted, and like they he's got one where there's like a feathery, you know, like a, a feathery headdress, but the ad, the headdress is why are you laughing? The headdress is animated. <laughs> you have to look at it. It's really and good it's hand motions. Yeah, loop. it's constantly looped. They did another one with, where a woman had like Cirque du Soleil makeup on, mm-hmm. and it was like close up of her face, and the makeup was just moving. Like it's just very very different than. Than, like what you normally see, and he's blind. And he's blind, what which the what? is really incredible. He's, uh, you know, he talks about how he wants people. Like he talks about the confusion that he sees. He has one image where there's a guy with like just covered in sand, and his hands are over his faces, but the sand is the only thing that's moving in the gift. In the I gift? think. Oh, gift. Wow. I think yeah. I've. I think I've seen this. I think I've seen people post it on Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's phenomenal. I saw one where it was like a side profile of a person who the front part was was all like stone and that was their side profile and then the back was water and it was just a constant loop yeah. i mean he might have made that but yeah nice nice um so moving along to uh i'm gonna move to episode number three there's a woman named allison arling who came on from uh the intelligence group which if you've ever read the um the cassandra report it's like uh, usually like a couple of really cool trends that they put out throughout the year and it's, so they do these really great studies on human behavior and sociology and the things that you know how how certain dynamics are changing and they were one of the things that kind of blew me away was you know the idea of a family that dynamic has changed so much you know a if you talk about gender equality and like you know with non-traditional weddings happening and like more families are being defined differently so how do you market to a family that wants to go to Disneyland, right? Um, or how people are living longer than ever before and how millennials are now taking care, you know, are still are staying at home longer. It's just like, the, the, are you laughing? Because you, are you, st- you, are you live at home? No, no. You sure? <laughs> Last I checked. Last yeah. I checked. I, I, I hear what you're saying with the like, uh, Generation Y and Generation Z and kind of it's all like a that. forgotten generation yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I, I don't know, I'd be curious, I mean, maybe even from a TED perspective, is that an area that you've seen in terms of like ideas and projects that are coming to the table that are a little bit off kilter. Like if you look at like uh, Martine Rothblatt, who's the CEO of Sirius Radio and is a transgendered woman, right? There's a lot of different things about how dynamics are changing and the way we have to interact with people. 
I find it well really really interesting is that, especially with millennials like kind of staying at home much much longer, they have a, a little bit more of that safety net actually. There's kind of like I've seen the resentment of parents, but um, <laughs> when are you leaving? <laughs> yeah, when are you leaving? But it's given I've seen millennials kind of taking chances in different ways that were normally taken, and they're I think they're being much more creative than they have been in the past. And doing these things because I've been around like these groups where like the Forbes 30 under 30 and listening to a lot of these guys and, and and women and they're also living at home, but they're doing really cool stuff. And it's I think it's because they have like a certain kind of like safety net that's been. I can provided. attest to that because I know like you know I moved to LA when I was 22, and mm-hmm. I was like you, a lot of the decisions that I had to make were tied to I need to put food on my table. Yeah. You know, and it was and I didn't get to do like the passion projects the way I wanted to do them. Like I had to like be very patient cuz I'm like, all right, well, I'll, yeah, I'll go do a personal training for a while since this writing gig is over. Like it's just like And yeah, I mean it was funny cuz like I was around these people and I'm listening to them and the same thing was like um like, oh, here's what I'm working on and but it was like if this doesn't work, I'm kind of on skid row. Um, right. so I was like, I need to eat, and I'm really, really pushing forward on this. And I felt like an odd duck in, in that scenario. But it was really cool, actually, to like see the support that people are having and coming up with really new, innovative ideas. And the millennials are so idealistic that they really want to be changing the world. And they're, they're actually kind of getting that support. And I don't think it's really financial support, or at least I mean, yeah. financial in the sense that they're having that, that safety net. But they're really kind of putting themselves out there and kind of testing the waters and doing all these cool projects. Well, I think even when you talk, even when you talk about like the gaming side of things, and like people are, you know, you've got millennials and even Gen Z in some cases, like creating multi-million-dollar careers for themselves mm-hmm. and living at home. Yeah, right. one of one of the highest-grossing gamers makes nearly two million a year just in competitions, and he's under twenty. Like, you know, it's nice. things like that. But like, Ty, what the thing I was thinking about? I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, that uh, our generation, or I guess the uh, generation Y or whatever, I mm-hmm. guess it would call. Um, staying at home or having kind of that safety net. I look at it also on a parallel route where I think our generation more than ever is waiting to get married. They're yeah. waiting to uh, like have kids. They're they're focusing on their career. They're focusing on kind of that that expansion more so. Mm-hmm. Not not thinking like having a, you know a wife or husband and kids is like a bad thing to them. It's more like. I'll wait. I have for a that. wife, a husband, and I'll kids. <laughs> but, so I'm saying, but I mean, but they're they're waiting for that more so that right. they can have the opportunity to be able to do these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know because of technology and because everything is at their fingertips, that the ability to ideate without distractions. Not saying that having a, a wife or being married or anything mm-hmm. like that is a distraction, but like mm-hmm. when you're in your mid to later twenties, give or take, I think that's that's really what we're seeing a lot, and not. Not to bring religion into the into the thing, but like I think we're in a in a time where things like religion or or um, stern politics and things like that are just being like by <laughs> by our generation. Like we're not. This isn't fifty years ago. We're not going to go to Sunday mass every everything and just nod our head and smile. And you grew we're up very think. Christian too. We're going to think right. Yeah, and I think it's also I really did, interesting is like seeing the dynamics of people like when they're coupling up has been their, it's cuffing season. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's yeah, definitely. It's coming up. <laughs> it's coming up. But it's seeing that Coupling like <laughs> people are are finding like their matches that are very much in tune with where their passions are. Yeah, and that's been really kind of like is that true though? Like, it, it, because you know I've been off the market for quite some time. <laughs> but because um, you have the coolest wife ever. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. <laughs> uh, but no, you like you, you think about like the. I mean, there's a lot of studies done on Tinder and like how. Dating is bec- leading less toward like long term relationships and just like hookups and you know very surface kind of relationships. Maybe it might be like a cool like hey let's do a project together, or is that just like you know does every generation kind of have that period of their life? You I don't know like are you are you dating anybody? What's your deal? Not that I'm not uh, personally interested. What? I'm just finger pointing. <laughs> finger pointing. I'm not at the moment. Um, I actually take the polar opposite to what you said. Um, so you were saying like. Tinder and all that is more for the hookup. I actually am looking for more uh, substance. Substance, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I was. I'm thinking the same thing too. I think because it it just to me personally, I've dated people and I'm just sitting across from them, thinking, you know, God, this is painful. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like this sucks. Why am I sitting here? Um, I wish I was with someone I actually enjoyed being around, you know, like, and that's not to say that they weren't attractive or, you know, like, great in their own right, but they just weren't the right match for me. Right. And to me, that was just kind of meh. Well, it's it's funny because there when I, uh, we talked to Barnett Bain, who like directed what were you here for the yeah, yeah that, that was that, that was one. you yep. co- that was your co-host in moment. Me. I only said like hi, but no, you you spoke. <laughs> it was the best hi that has ever high in the history of hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> like angels good. came out. Thank good. you. I, I rehearsed it earlier. <laughs> I knew I was going to get to that joke. Um, no, but he like we got on this this conversation around how the the more technology driven generations are able to filter through things a lot faster because of the technology. Like, you can look at 20 women, you know, in a day (laughs) on your phone and go like, no, no thanks. And then get to that one where, or even from job perspectives, like we now are exposed to more information and ideas and, Mm -hmm. you know, career opportunities and abilities to solve problems or whatever. Where, you know, when I graduated from, from college, it was like, I had, it was a lot of trial and error. Right, there was no discovery platform for me, like on Twitter, to go like, oh, uh, what you can do, you can make shoes for astronauts. <laughs> like, there, that I was there. to make shoes <laughs> like, for that astronauts. Cool. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, tied to kind of what you were saying, aside from having the ability to just flip through and everything, I think we're currently in a generation that's not, not just going to settle. Right, like yeah, what you're saying, you're, you're sitting at a table across from somebody, and within five minutes, you're going to be like, I this, I'm into this, or I'm not into this. And exactly. if you're not into this, you're not going to settle, mm-hmm. you know. And I think years back, that was just kind of a constant. It's like, well, Billy's the only guy on the street, so I might as well be with him, you know. And I think we're <laughs> definitely in an era where people are like, no, I don't, need, I'm not going to settle because I don't need to settle because there's too much out there. Exactly. Aside from relationships, there's just so much out there just to be lived. And at some point, I will find the one that I love, but doesn't need to be in any hurry you know exactly yeah. no biological clock ticking Zing, high five uh, 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 yeah. uh, that might yeah i think that's the first high five on the show Woo! <laughs> all right high five had to, Woo! Make, had to make it to Wait, 99 two, <laughs> three okay <laughs> seven oh, <laughs> did you guys miss did you did you miss the high five we, 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 we got, got partial uh, you are you left-handed i don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> are you ambidextrous i don't know how to answer that question okay okay so I write with my left. <laughs> okay. Um, and you... But, but you can stand with, with your right. You punch, pe- <laughs> but I punch people with my right? No, but seriously, like I'll throw and punch and kick 
with my right. So what, 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 are you, what are you doing? Were you writing I, letters and then getting in jail? That, <laughs> <laughs> I asked that question to like the worst possible person to ask know, that I question. Like, uh, I was just waiting for a no. <laughs> I was like, oh. Exactly. Like, I'm in prison writing letters and then fending people off with the other hand. Um, let's talk about space. Oh, I hey. Oh, I know this guy. The final frontier. Is this space the, the final frontier? I, or the is first it... time I met him, he was wearing an NASA shirt. That's right. An NASA shirt? An, an, an NASA. <laughs> he was wearing an NASA shirt. NASA <laughs> shirt. Uh, episode number five was George Whitesides, the CEO of Virgin Galactic, uh, chief of st- former chief of staff of NASA, mm-hmm. and uh, all around oh, badass. That's it? That's yeah, the no, only right? guy like, you got on your show? No. Sucks for you. <laughs> I got 99 of these things. Um, but no, just like this idea, two, two concepts kind of popped out for me with this. One is obviously Virgin just expanding, and any brand really, or a lot of brands, ability to expand into different you know, mediums, different um, practices, different products, and things like that. So you look at Virgin as a record label, as you know, an airline, and now they're going into space, and whatever God knows whatever else the like Richard Branson will dream of next. Um, and a lot of brands have done that. But then you also have this idea of like, we're selling space travel to, you know, the common citizen. <laughs> it's not even like, you know, it was Lance Bass. Like, oh, remember Lance Bass is going to go to space. <laughs> right. Lance Bass. And I was like, I you know. out of all people. That was just the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Not Branson, but Yeah, Lance Bass. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even Justin Timberlake, like Lance Bass. <laughs> Um, why, like, why, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this, but, like, why are we so obsessed with things outside this planet? Ah, the, the thought of the unknown. Absolutely. You know? The thought of the unknown. I think, I mean, it's mind-blowing. If you just look at kind of a, 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 any sort of, or do any sort of research on the concept of the universe, it, to, to, to people that are, like, not thick-skinned, it's kind of like, it makes you feel like nothing, <laughs> really. Because mm-hmm. you're like, we're tiny, itty-bitty little specks in this grand scheme of what really is out there and what's possible. So I think us as humans, because we strive for more, strive to know more, we want to we want to see what's going on out there. It from my perspective. badass. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I mean, um, so I always love this quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he's speaking about space, and it's, it. Um, you know, doing what's never been done before is intellectually seductive, whether or not we deem it practical. <laughs> and it's kind of like, that's like, you know, it's ideas, it's imagination. It's like, what what is out there? That, that final frontier that Star Trek really was exploring. And then, you know, from there, Star Wars and all yeah. this, you know, really just trying to explore the cosmos. I think it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's intellectually seductive, but it's like, it's kind of like, what is out there? What can we really, you know, there's um if I remember right, it's there's like a phenomenon. I forgot the name of it, but when people look out the sp- from a spaceship and they're looking back onto the Earth, it changes their life. Hmm. And it's the idea is, you know, like what's going to happen now when Virgin Galactic is sending, you know, poets and, and writers and the creatives to like look out and see what, you know, what is going to come from that? Yeah. New art, new, new ideas of expression, something like that. You know, it's just like it's so unknown that it's it's so cool. It's so rad. And it's just unfortunate that these things are getting defunded left and right. Mm. But uh, well, there was one, I forget who, it, may, it, might, it might have been Elon Musk who was saying, like, uh, um, they want to send people to Mars. Like, now they're starting to book tickets to Mars. <laughs> right? Like, it's Mars just, one. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's getting, you know, it's getting a little crazy. And uh, interestingly enough, like, my two-and-a-half-year-old son is obsessed with, like, sea creatures. And so, like, he knows, uh, like, every type of shark. Like, it's really weird. But, <laughs> you know, in reading, like, reading to him more about the ocean, it's interesting that we know more about space than we do about what's in the ocean. 
And we and that what? How much of the planet does the ocean make up? Like like seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's vast. I mean, actually, it's funny that you bring this up because last night, like when I was just flipping channels on on Netflix to like go to bed, I put on Atlas, like the you know the search for the unknown, like some Discovery <laughs> Channel thing, and it was fascinating. Like <laughs> the the lost city of Atlas is somewhere out there in the depths of the sea, and but. Space is still yet to be discussed. You know, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking practical in terms of space, and uh, even even watching. I love that you say like the 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 concept of being able to look back on Earth changes you. Even watching that, what was that Sandra Bullock film with George Clooney? Gravity. Gravity. Even watching Gravity and seeing her look back, I was like, oh, like so. Even something as minor as that, seeing it in a film, but like this concept of and maybe this is just getting weird of of like extraterrestrials and the concept of other life and Reese's Pieces and Reese's Pieces is also something that I think is uh, really interesting um, on a on a on an almost practical level because um, for humans to think that they're the only the only like living being in the entire galaxy almost I believe is selfish now I don't know what that when I say extraterrestrial I don't know what that is or what that means or how that looks. And I have no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Shyamalan thinking that it's <laughs> thinking that it's those giant things from the sign or signs or whatever. Right. But but I don't know. That's that's also a thing that I think is really fascinating about space. Did you see the visit? I did see the visit. What's it that was, face? I like it. It was okay. I'm gonna. By the just way, say Robert it. Reese's Pieces reference was E T E T Elliot. Home. Okay. I just sorry sorry he had to he had to Bony say noise. that back because I just kept ignoring him when he was saying it so he had to make sure that everybody Reese's knew pieces. what he was doing. Uh, no, I saw the visit and I don't know if you did you guys see the visit? No, no? I have okay, not. it's an it's an M Night Shyamalan movie just came out. It's this, the, that's why they didn't see it. It, yeah, it emphasizes. Yeah. Well, I thought. I mean, I actually read really good reviews about it, um, and so I went into it thinking, okay, because I love sc- love scary movies. It was good until about fifteen minutes before the end of the film, and then. Let's just say that uh, my boyfriend and I, uh, when we were driving home, came up with like seven different ideas for how the film could have been. Uh, I disagreed. End. I thought I thought he actually almost redeemed himself. But let's. I don't want to yeah, get off topic. I digress. Um. <laughs> I Neil digress, Tyson. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. That, that deserved a high five, but nobody gave you one. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> um, being an entrepreneur. Uh, there's a woman named Nicole Yershon who works for Ogilvy in the UK. She runs all of their innovation practices. One of her projects was they took over like a really terrible area like near Shoreditch and hired graffiti artists to paint murals of babies on buildings. And the crime rates in those in those neighborhoods went down like by X percent. Um, <laughs> they did a study with like one of their chocolate brands and like, oh, let's do brain scans. This is like a, a few years ago. Brain scans and biometric tests as you eat chocolate to prove that our... Our chocolate is scientifically the best chocolate, right? That it's the most preferred thing. But, you know, she talks about this idea of being an entrepreneur and like coming up with these ideas. Like, we would go back to Charles Lee, um, but also having to make them happen because her department isn't big, right? You're talking, you're talking about a huge creative agency that's global. And it's like her thinking of, you know, and, and a few other people on her team thinking of this. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm curious as to this group, um, you know, how you go about your own entrepreneurial journey. Right, being at a company or being on your own, and trying to figure out like 
a path to to make that one idea happen. Robert, I was thinking about you too, especially just you know, because uh, you have to pitch, right? You got to pitch your idea. You got to, mm-hmm. and especially for an entrepreneur, you have to pitch it internally. Then you have to go pitch it externally, right? right? Um, but you know, I know you've been around a lot of marketing agencies, and you know, currently as a copywriter, like you're pitching copy to you know to also pitch a company eventually. Like it's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. But you know, how do you go about that sort of entrepreneurial pitch and and strategy of, of getting your stuff out there? Uh, let me preface this by being upfront and honest and saying a lot of my ideas get shot down. <laughs> like <laughs> A lot of good <laughs> ideas get shot down. It, it is what I it think is. you have to have like but, a million uh, ideas shot down before the first one gets caught, you know? Exactly. And I'll be honest again and say that I've repitched the same <laughs> concepts <laughs> over and over. You know, um, sometimes you got to pitch it two or three times before it gets heard. Um, I've come up with, well, I guess I should backtrack. Um, I guess to answer your question, what I kind of use as a reference is research. Like I'll, I'll dig into whatever I'm trying to accomplish and really try to understand it like fundamentally and, and try to build from that. And then from there, go on and, and go on my own like little random tangents because my brain works really weird. Right. Like, <laughs> I have to kind of understand something and then, then I can spout out, you know, tons of random ideas that'll maybe fit, maybe not. Um, but for the most part, I just kind of really try to understand what the end benefit of this thing is, what we're trying to get across, how this can you know affect different people, because um, there's different use cases yeah. a lot of the time. There's a lot of different personalities that you got to account for. Um, so just trying to make the most of like who can this, how can we maximize the efficiency of whatever we're trying to get across and. and What's what's that. what's the emotional journey like? Because I know I know sometimes it's you go a like, lot of tears. <laughs> as, as Eric a makes a, like a suicidal motion, <laughs> don't kill yourself on this show, right? It's like this. Uh, wait until it's wait, over yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, wait until you get in the parking lot. Okay. <laughs> I see I'm not alone. Though. So rude. <laughs> so rude to kill yourself on, on my show. <laughs> no, but it, like it's, it's an emotional thing because you you especially if you like you are really gung ho and I you know you guys know like I, I run an innovations team for. Or a media agency and it's like mm-hmm. same thing there's a there are a million ideas that we will go in and pitch maybe three percent of those things <laughs> kind of see the light of day and a smaller percentage of those things that see the light of day see them in the in, in the form that uh you know that we originally envisioned so there's definitely like and i'm like oh I, you know i wish we had a <laughs> so like uh, in other words like how do you keep yourself driven right yeah or yeah. driven or just like what like what do you experience is it angst yeah. is it disappointment is it like okay cool like you just you know go with, go with the flow uh i guess for me personally um it's a little bit of I guess I'm a little weird. I, I kind of like a challenge. So if, if things don't work out, I, I get kind of frustrated with myself. Like, why couldn't you think of, <laughs> you know, a solution for this? <laughs> right. um, so I guess for me, that's kind of my building blocks on, on how to get through things like that. Um, it's just, you know, sit there and I kind of take it like I would maybe a word puzzle or, you know, Sudoku or something. You just right. kind of, or a Rubik's Cube. You just kind of sit there and try to reconfigure it the, <laughs> but, the concept. And Kat, yeah. I'm curious if, if with you as well, just kind of like being a girl in, you know, in the gaming territory, which the, um, uh, I know that percentage is low. Um, and, getting higher. Yeah. It's getting higher. But the, I mean, the idea like, hey. Uh, but yeah, it's still. Do you find that yourself, you, like you're up against a wall sometimes in terms of communicating an idea or like you're just so cool yeah. that people don't mind? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, you're definitely up against a wall. Um, but I, I think in, in the gaming culture, 
yes, there is that like block for for females, but I think if you genuinely know your shit, people will look past your gender, your race, your anything, right? If you know, if you know, you know, the ins and outs of the gaming culture. Now I'm saying that coming from a girl who doesn't really know the ins and outs <laughs> of the gaming culture. So when I'm using, like when you ask a question like you asked earlier about kind of the, what's, what's your entrepreneurial approach and kind of- Entrepreneurial. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurial. <laughs> Um, <laughs> entrepreneurial uh, for me because I'm I'm currently uh, my gig uh, is more focused on like communications and PR right um, um, less of the marketing realm and less of kind of the more um, come up with with new ideas um, on how we can kind of expand awareness around something um, but there's still that that aspect and I think I find myself challenging myself uh, on on how to communicate and build genuine relationships with people who will like help develop mutually beneficial experiences for both sides you so, know what I mean so finding like a cheerleader internally or, internally and or, externally. or externally yeah yeah, yeah. Can... And, I, and, I, and I say that I say that very uh cautionary because I know when people think PR and comms it's like okay you're just you're just, just writing you know, press right, right, yeah. Well, like, or also, you're just like, you know, you're you're pitching something to a journalist or whatever, and you're just like, straight nose up asshole, like, oh hey buddy, what's going on? Oh my god, I have the best idea for you. You're which love which this those pitch. people exist though. Like, those, those people <laughs> exist, and I've which, worked with them. Right, and it's and it's beyond frustrating to see something like that. And so it's I think it's multi pronged in terms of. And I'm, t- I'm speaking only from like current experience, right? Like I've been in the marketing realm and things like that, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull from something that I'm personally feeling right now. And that's um, ensuring that like, I'm not going into a conversation, I'm not going into um, like developing an idea around how to make somebody interested in something with this shallow approach. It's very much like, why, why does this person care? And how can I make this person's uh, perspective on this like a lot easier Right. And a lot simpler for them to just digest it and go, yeah, I'm totally into that. Or no, don't want it. Well, it's like I mean, that's a service mindset, right? Is like, yeah. how can I best serve you? And I think you, Robert, you kind of touched on this too. Is like, how can I reconfigure this so that you understand, you know, my passion and not just like see it on the surface? Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. And that you're looking at me, not not going like, okay, another one of you, but going, oh, like you, okay, you're ge- you're approaching this very genuinely. And another thing too is like in uh, in the gaming world or any world when you're working in PR, you know, you're working with either clients or you're working with people internally who are like, oh, we got to do all this around comms. We have to do all this around PR. And at the end of the day, like you have to be the one who goes, nobody's going to fucking care about this. Or a lot of people are going to care about this. Or mm, maybe one or two people are going to care about this. Like you have to, you have to, put yourself in the shoes of the people who are going to want to write about it or are going to want to talk about it. Um, and, and sometimes you just have to people manage with the people who like might have a passion project and be like, oh my God, you have to do PR on this or you have to make sure it gets covered. And, and at the end of the day, if you look at it and you just know, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because there's also a reverse side of it. Like, you know, one is you pitching, the other is you receiving pitches. I know from a TED perspective, I, I would imagine there's sometimes you don't want to give people your card, right? Like, or you oh, don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't go to events anymore, pretty much, because of this. Oh, my um, God. I'm constantly, I mean, I was, the joke was, I think I could, I have the qualifications now to be a VC because I'm getting so many pitches. I'm only missing the, <laughs> the, the, the money aspect of it. What was the worst pitches. one you've heard so far? Oh, God. Everything is Uber. 
Um, <laughs> Wait, like Uber as in the car? Yeah, everything is an Uber platform, which is kind of funny. There's, I've had a discussion recently about this, but it's it's actually everything, and it tends to be more like a Yelp or um, there was this one where it was like, what if there was this bag that could refrigerate uh, goods and you had power that was supplied to it? I was like, why don't you just put ice in? Like, <laughs> yeah, why don't you just put it in the refrigerator? <laughs> Wait, exactly. I actually, I have like an ice box that you literally plug in and you don't need ice and it's just right there. Oh no, this was like a, like a bag you would take in and, and ah, I was like, it. it was that same thing. I was like, yeah, why don't you just put it into the freezer? Like when you go to the grocery store, you pop it out and you got it for an hour and it's good. But it's a good idea, it's damn good it. Idea. <laughs> this needs to be on the stage. Um. <laughs> right, right. Well, because it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually thinking like, well, it's not that bad of an idea. And then you're like, oh yeah, but it's Ted. Like it's a, yeah. it's a whole different. <laughs> it's a yeah, whole it's a whole different. You know, like that platform is definitely meant for really grand ideas that are right. you know really on the social aspect of things. Too. I think Innovation Crush should be on the on the uh, Ted stage. Possibly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> be awesome. I see what you did there. <laughs> Also, I think, I think some video games should sponsor this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lock the doors, Maria. Um, Get out the contracts. <laughs> no, but it's actually it's actually a good segue to the next point. You know, especially because I think when people have ideas, right? Like, you know, a lot of the guests that we've had on, it's usually the best innovation comes from like a personal passion or a personal experience. And so, uh, in episode number eight, Jeff Gomez is guys like the godfather of transmedia. Um, you know, actually created the transmedia producer credit with the Producers Guild. So, like, now some movies you'll see transmedia producer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, super nerd. Like, you can, I, I mean, <laughs> visually, and I don't mean this in any, as, a, as a diss of any sort, but you can see, like, he was like the bullied kid. And he, he kind of talked about this on the show. Like, he was a Star Wars nerd. He liked comic books and, you know, uh, glasses, the whole nine. And then has grown up to be, like, the biggest transmedia producer, probably in the world if I would like I want to be too lofty but definitely in the US like the most sought after like all the Coca-Cola stuff Star Wars like all this stuff is you know under his purview um, but one of the things that he talked about was also he hired a lot of his friends as he grew because like people who were like him right and like he was just really genuinely passionate about like geeky stories and finding out or you know interesting ways to tell them um, have you guys you know, found anything that was a difficulty for you either earlier in your career or in your childhood that, you know, have now become strengths or you learned to turn into a strength? Because I think that's where a lot of innovation comes from, too, is, hey, you know, the thing that I thought was a flaw or a problem is actually a huge gift. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, um, I don't know if you've ever known this, but I was actually homeless for several weeks. I did not know um, that. So I actually spent a lot of time on Skid Row because I figured at that time I was like, oh, well, where do you go? You went homeless? real homeless. I, I thought you were going to be like, wow. I slept in my car at a park. But <laughs> I was, well, I still had my car and I was in that area, but I was like, it was really just really bad period of my life. And I mean, I had, the, after that I had the swine flu, I was engaged and that was broken. And then sepsis and car accident. And then my mom diagnosed with stage four cancer. And this is all like within nine wow. months, actually. In nine months? In nine months. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, good thing you were joking about killing yourself earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but good thing we made a joke of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's kind of funny. Is like the sometimes I tell that story, especially to speakers, because um, from there I went to a TED conference and it changed my life. It was seen like how it's almost like when you're some conferences or just in general, you meet people that they kind of have like the hero's journey. 
you know, beginning, middle, and end, and then it's like there's a really great resolution. I felt like the worst you could ever really feel. And um, I learned just like in reading a lot of books, you know, how do I turn this now into my favor? I, I mean, to get on the, one of my favorite poets is Rumi, and he said, you know, the answer for the pain is in the pain. And just kind of getting like reflective on that and just like now starting to move that forward is, you know, I could take chances. And um, I lived a life prior to that that was just very like, got a nice car, have a horse, I have, you know, really good life. And then it just all toppled you over. You had a horse? Had a horse. Wow. His name was Bart. Oh. <laughs> Bart the horse. I always, I always tell people I want to, I want to have a horse so that when I leave a nightclub, I walk outside and I just whistle and like, and then the horse like comes around the corner and then ladies like, oh, did you see the dude on the horse? Straight up, and the wavy hair too. Exactly. And then they're like, whatever. Yeah, you have to get like a Fabio wig. Yeah, I will get a Fabio wig. Or just grow it. Muscle suit. No wig. I'm just be my everyday. No, but that's so like, and how did that help you? Career, you know what I mean? Career-wise, like in, you know. Uh... It's, I actually sat down and learned to listen a lot more. Um, to take, uh, not necessarily, you know, to start to listen to people and maybe even criticisms because it was learning, you know, the people are going to tell you something about you. They really care. And when they stop telling you something, that means they just don't care. Hmm. And just kind of like being able to take that in and just like, it was a moment because I felt so down that I was not actually actively like saying anything. It was just taking everything in and. Um, and it allowed me to, you know, say, well, it can't get worse than living in my car in Skid Row. Let's, let's now take this chance. Um, right. And that's just – and then what was really, I mean, great and unfortunate is just like seeing how people live too. Um, I was very, very fortunate when I was on Skid Row. I mean, it was like I'm a victim of circumstance in that component. But seeing how others, you know, there's people with mental illness. There's people with drug problems. There are other people with victims of circumstances. But kind of understanding, you know, that life is very, very complicated. It's not black and white. And it's just kind of like from there learning, you know, what people are like and how to approach. And to um, I love this saying is that also, you know, everyone's battling a, um, uh, something that you don't nothing you know nothing about. Right. So just be kind. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of like being able to really look at that and like it's really the, reengage. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Exactly. Kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. And so it's like now even in business, it's like okay, where is this person coming from? Where you know what are how do we now find that common ground to to move anything forward? I don't think anybody can top wow. that story, so no, I'm, I'm going to move. No. I'm you should have gone right last. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you I got one. Last. <laughs> I had sepsis. Like, oh, all wow. right. Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> oh man. Uh, one of my favorite moments was this guy named Nick Cooper came on. Um, Nick is like the vocal coach for American Idol. Um, and also has been the vocal coach for everybody from Beyonce to Katy Perry. And he really talked about, like, and he actually made Robert do some really weird exercises while we were. He did. <laughs> can you recreate that, please? He actually them, please? improved my speaking. You're, there oh, you go. By, by like, I can hear it. You know? Yeah. He was like, <laughs> oh, opening up your, your yeah. chest area. So really and your esophagus. Mm-hmm. Yes, your thoracic cavity. He was yeah, like, he's very you're technical. Like, one of the exercises, he was like, he was like, oh, you know, show me statue of Liberty and like people would have to do the Statue of Liberty and he was like he would make them sing like that like in front of a mirror and he said you know he's like you see like Celine Dion singing like that or like all these different artists and he said actually what that he did, like it's an exercise you feel uncomfortable but just getting getting out of your discomfort but he also said you're also opening up your thoracic cavity which is where sound like vibrates best you know so it's a like a really interesting um, guy so I, you know I was just thinking about 
the fact that he also has to put himself in the mindset of whoever he's coaching. You know, one instance he told he talked about Lewis Hamilton, the race car driver, and he said, you know, I have to think like somebody who is crazy enough to drive 200 miles per hour, you know, all the time. <laughs> and like he's like, I went to go visit him in Monaco, and you just, he just had to get there, and like that's how he has to communicate to that person. So there's a lot of empathy, you know, when we talk about pitching ideas or you know just relating to other people around us and getting people on board whether you're building a team or just kind of like communicating a vision, but there's a sense of empathy that happens. Um, You know, how do you go about getting into the mindset of the consumer? I'll start with you, Kat, because you are a girl who doesn't know anything about gaming, who works in gaming. I don't know. I do not know anything about gaming. I also, to to be fair, I've kind of, I've been working in the, um, I'll use this term, I know it's kind of cliche, but there's really no other way to, put it in like the the nerd geek culture for the last t- nine ten years give or take so i'm surrounded by these types of individuals um they inspire me they're, they're my people without the, without me actually being a hardcore gamer um because because I'm, I'm i'm quirky as all hell and it and it really works in my favor when working with these types of folks um but i think the the thing about marketing to gamers or marketing to to that generation um it all boils down to authenticity like like i i personally would never be the one to put my face out there and my voice out there to talk to them about this kind of stuff because they would immediately smell bullshit and it's both it's both and also kind of the technology in which we're able to to deliver things to them allows them to not only sniff out the authenticity or lack thereof but also like immediately tell you so (laughs) with no like with no reservations at all right and so and as creatively as possible and as oh it's just it's the classiest the classiest uh uh verbiage i've ever heard um no but so so you you kind of when thinking about what you want to do to market to that group that's the first and really like core thing you have to think about is is th- this is a gr- this is a group that is also I mean aside from being very vocal and aside from smelling bullshit, <laughs> they're they're adamantly passionate about what they do and about ensuring that what they do and how they do it and who's a part of it is all insular. It's like it's a club, man. Right. It's a club, and if you're not a part of that club, you're not welcome. And and the only way that you can be welcome is if you genuinely care about about the product or about mm-hmm. about what you're doing and it's a part of your lifestyle. Right. And so you have to think about all those aspects when when communicating to this group. Really. You and know, that's the only way I can think about it. It's really interesting that you kind of phrased it and framed it that way because I'm kind of like I was raised in a a really weird way, I guess. Like me and my friends, we had a really weird dynamic and like that was kind of prevalent throughout our class really in like high school and even like junior high. But um me personally like I don't I don't like a lot of attention I don't like a lot of like you know pats on the back or whatever our group of friends were actually really good about like if you were in the group you would like talk shit with the group and you know you just shoot the shit but if you weren't part of the group no one would shoot the shit at you (laughs) and it it was this really weird thing where like you're not being made fun of and it's weird because you kind of want to be a part of that group Mm -hmm. so it's, it's like the internet trolls kind of resemble that weird dynamic too where you know they kind of come together they'll you know 
bumped elbows. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know, just kind of jump in together and have this weird dynamic and conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Robert, the, I mean, another interesting thing about you is, you know, I know you've done a lot of like social media ghostwriting, right? You know, and like. <laughs> getting into the mindset of a celebrity or you know a talent and and like kind of doing stuff on their behalf like right. how do you like relating to their audience man that must mm-hmm. be crazy yeah and i think but i think that happens a lot with marketers yeah. and, and you have to like we're translators right you have to right. translate a brand's product or a promise into some sort of actionable thing and like you're neither them nor the audience right so you know how do you get into the mindset or what what are the tactics that you have to put together to make you know to, to be a proper translator uh, <laughs> you're like I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess step one is you mean before like, I got before uh, after I got fired. <laughs> step one take, is be take a, a good nap. <laughs> be a little bit Shot. crazy. Um, you will get a lot of multiple personality disorders. Um, but I don't know. I think I would just fall back on you know research. Um, I really absorb a lot of what I see here, you know, and just take it all in. Um, so what I used to do is just kind of look at how a celebrity, for instance, would interact with their uh, audience, um, you know, whether it's just genuine face-to-face communications, maybe it's some past emails, you know, what have you, but just really see how they would typically react and then just kind of watch it and then try to emulate it, try, right. to, try to replicate what you see and, and create that authentic, to your point, authentic, mm-hmm. you know, feel and connection. Um I'm also very kind of detail oriented, so if if I notice, which is I guess why I'm a copywriter, but you know I, I might notice that they're dropping uh, little tidbits here and there of their personality. So I might hear like keywords or buzz phrases that right. they might typically use, and I might just kind of build that up. Um, I had a past client who uh, used to he was a comedian, and he used to do nothing about bacon, but. I kind of instituted this weird spiel about bacon, and and it, it actually caught on, and it became a bit of a shtick <laughs> for him. And and there was even a conversation once where I had with him, and he was just kind of like, "Can we minimize the conversation about bacon with my fans? Because I don't really use that <laughs> in my bits." And <laughs> bacon bits, you know, it's it's starting to be a part of my <laughs> my 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 act. So. Right. Um, yeah, I would say it's it's really just absorbing it all and kind of. So, well, with that, you influenced your client. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was almost like you flipped it around, where like you you came up with something. <laughs> what was it? Did you were you inspired to do that because of you, the way that you saw his fans interacting? Right. It was just um, a subject matter that I thought would fit in easily uh-huh. and, and, and organically with him. So just kind of riffed on it. By the way, bacon belongs everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See? So. I know you really can't go wrong with bacon at all by any means. Exactly. exactly. Um, speaking of bacon, <laughs> uh, Nolan Bush, no, just, it was really no segue. I just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to stop. On the topic. <laughs> no, but we, you know, um, episode number 37, which is an episode I talk about all the time for uh, for numerous reasons, but it was Nolan Bushnell, godfather of video games, period, created a um, and his son, Brent, who's like a STEM genius and is working with the White House on these STEM conferences and, you know, all sorts of things. Um, I thought it was an interesting dynamic to have sort of a father-son, you know, moment in there. And, like, how do you, you raise an innovator? On? Yeah, they were together. And, Love like, he's like, oh, dad does such and such. And, like, it was just a really interesting, you know, dynamic between the two of them. Um, but as far as, you know, for the sake of this conversation, you know, I I'd be curious as to like who you guys have looked up to as mentors or who you kind of keep your eye on. And also 
one bit of advice or experience that you pull from your, you know, someone in your family, a parent, uh, you know, something like that? Um, all right. <laughs> Don't depress um, this. Go, go, go. <laughs> no, I, it's kind of funny because I've, I've actually worked with stuff uh, with Brent and had these kind of conversations, which is really kind of fun to yeah. talk to it again. Um, I guess the, I've always taken a look at people that are just really kind of putting themselves out there. And within my family, there's, I mean, everyone is an entrepreneur almost, which is kind of like a, an interesting kind of like looking back and everyone is self-employed. And um, for me, my uncle has been a really uh, a good person to... Uncle, me. what's his name? Uh, he's, his name's Daniel, Daniel okay. Bortz. Uncle Daniel. Uncle Daniel. And, right. <laughs> Uncle Danny. And um, it, it does kind of go back. I mean, he took me in when I was like at my lowest, but like he was kind of painting the, you know, that life is what it is. It's, you know, you got to start laughing. And I would tell him like, Daniel, this is what's happened. And he just like sit there and he just start laughing. Um, and I'd be like, I'd be kind of like an awkward laugh back. I'm like, that's not funny. Um, but he would just, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you're still here, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're all right. This is the worst thing that could happen to you, then you're doing all right. That right. was one of the big things I, I really learned. And um, we kind of go back because he's had a, um, he was someone who literally dropped out of college with the la- with one semester left. He was like, this isn't for me, then joined a band. And then started a lighting studio, uh, lighting company after, and he was just kind of like always kind of going forward on these crazy projects and crazy ideas and invented stuff and and just seeing those that journey, I always thought was really remarkable, and and we would kind of, I mean, I'm doing my own stuff now, and I, I'll call him like Daniel, like I need to learn from the school of Daniel, like tell me something. And he's like, well, entrepreneurship is you know just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, wow. And I yeah. like. I was like, you know, that's kind of true. And I'm like, I'm pretty damn uncomfortable right now. <laughs> um, and we would always just kind of laugh about those kinds of things. And, you know, at the some of the worst moments and uh, to go back from even earlier is just like putting yourself out there and being that entrepreneur. It's it's isolating. It's it could be really, really terrible because you're you're that person that's really pushing forward right. like crazy ideas. And having just like that one person maybe to bounce off and just say, yeah, it is what it is. Just try yeah. and and really break it down to that simplicity, and it that's what I always thought was really cool about him. And because it's not whatever it is, in most cases it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, right. I remember what, you speak of laughter. I, and this is like hyper personal, but um, when so my my daughter is ten years old, and you know when I found out she was coming, it was a very unexpected moment, right? So <laughs> when I got that phone call, I was like, oh my gosh! And it was you know I, we were dating like a few months, like it wasn't even. So, but um, and I called my friend who had dated my daughter's mom's sister um and i was like hey and i was like i was torn up like to get that phone call from her that i got and i was like uh such and such is pregnant and it was a pause and i just heard (laughs) (laughs) and he just starts cracking up and and then but like 10 seconds later I, i in my mind i went I would have laughed too. It is funny. And like, you know, since then, like my whole parental journey has been great. But it was just like something I looked at is so daunting and and it's now obviously turned out to be an amazing journey as a parent. Mm -hmm. But you're like, that first moment when I thought it was the worst thing that could have possibly happened to me, I had that one friend that just like, ha ha ha, you dummy. (laughs) Like, and it was hilarious, you know. Maybe that's a guy thing, I don't know. But, you know, but just this idea of like, yeah, like what, you know, those, those, those laughter moments. But back to the you know the idea of um 
you know, the sort of mentorship, whether in your family or, you know, or just professionally that you that you've looked at and seen and tried to emulate? Uh, for me, I've come across quite a few uh, amazing people in my life. And I think the thing with mentors is you can't really force it right they're they're people who who you just build these relationships with and at the end of the road or you know at a certain part in the road you go wow that person's a mentor like you don't even it just kind of like comes to you you know um and there's thank a, you there's a well i mean chris is chris has been phenomenal um, <laughs> uh i would say you know i mean i don't know if i should say that whatever there's um this guy named J- javon frazier who um i worked with a lot when i was uh that sound Marvel. like a brother. He's a brother. He's, he's a brother. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, but you don't know who T Pain and uh, I know. <laughs> I know who T Pain is. Okay. Ask your mentor about uh, <laughs> the thing. Here's here's the thing about Javon, and I'm, he, he will he will both want to punch me, but also hug me for for saying this. Is um, when because I, I worked with him and for him, um, and he was all over the place. I was I was the one who held him in place. Like I was the one who <laughs> kept him. Like, like, hey, you, you need to go. Like, you have to be over there at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was the organized one in our work dynamic. Um, <laughs> however, him as an individual and what he's been able to accomplish and how he's able to, like, our relationship, our working relationship and our friendship has just grown into this like really valuable person in my life that I can't really see my life without. And so, even though, like, when you think mentor, you think you know, uh, 360 degree human being who's like everything I want to emulate. And they're this thing I look up to on all fronts. And I don't, I don't really look at it like that. Mm. I know Javon is a mentor. He's, he has his crazy person moments that I'm like, Javon, you need to get your shit together. Okay. But (laughs) he's also just this driven, passionate marketing executive who's now he he's a, he's got his own business like he's doing phenomenal and I always knew that about him and I know I always saw that and I always grabbed onto those aspects of him that I thought were absolutely driving but then I also grabbed on the aspects of him that like are super quirky and drove me crazy because that's who he is and that's who Right. I got along with right, and then Sanjay is another one. Right, yeah. Sanjay's Sanjay I used to work with when I was at Machinima, and, and, and yep. Chris knows him. He's definitely a mentor as well. Sanjay's brilliant. Like Sanjay's brilliant, genuinely brilliant. And he's a br- he's he's a brilliant guy who's who's grounded in in realism and funny as all hell. If you guys want to look him up, he's the CEO of All Depth Digital. Uh Uh-huh, of All Depth Digital. Um, Sanjay Sharma. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he's, um, I mean, unfortunately, we've kind of, I haven't talked to him for probably about eight or nine months, but um, he's, he's, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without him, and I'd say the same about Javon. Um, And so there's just, again, it's like these people who show up in your life that you, you, grow these relationships then you go you're not like from from the get-go i never would have thought javon would be a mentor i never would have thought sanjay would and then all of a sudden i'm like shit this person like i <laughs> look to them as a mentor um and then in terms of like my parents and stuff i think i just look i mean a family family thing it's my parent mom and dad are both they're they're like a perfect blend of me I'm, the quirky side of me is my mom and then the very grounded realistic side is, is my dad i remember we talked to your dad about we asked him about what, what teeth stuff. what teeth are made out of because I thought it was bone. He was like, yeah. actually, it's a combination of dentin. And like, it was some, yeah. some crazy. Because yeah. we were having that, I guess it was like a pseudo argument. You're like, no, I think it's bone. And I'm like, I'm going to call my dad. And we were literally in the middle of a show. <laughs> we called we call him. And he's this. like, hello? Oh, hi. I'm, like, I'm like, hi, dad, you're, you're on our podcast right now. He's like, oh, hi. It was great. It was the greatest thing ever. Like, sorry, he didn't sound like that. Maybe my dad's got a deeper voice. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. How are you? He's shrunken. He's like, hello. 
um, um, awesome Jones dad. Or whatever. <laughs> wow. So the end. Uh, bad news shirt. Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, does it have to be family or can it? it does, be no, just, it doesn't. You know, that was the two aspects of the. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, cause I don't know about my family. Woo! <laughs> 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 um, I'd probably say. Uh, well, okay, okay. Um, so I, I worked at. It can be an anti-mentor too. You can be somebody like I was like I hate it working for. No, just kidding. Go ahead. Well, I was actually going to say um, that two people came came from the promotions agency, and you're actually one of them, Chris. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, surprisingly, he was waiting for that. No, he was waiting for that. Working <laughs> <with me. laughs> no, surpri- surprisingly, Chris is actually pretty, pretty solid. Oh, we know, we know. That. <laughs> but no, um, so that prior to Chris uh, coming to this promotion, I want to hear this Chris story. That I <laughs> who's this Chris you speak of? <laughs> he sounds amazing. Chris Danson. Uh, <laughs> Chris, no, I think it's Chris Donson. 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 That's what I do when I'm in Europe at nightclubs. <laughs> Chris Donson. And then you. Like your <laughs> yes, I flick my hair back, <laughs> and I leave on my horse. <laughs> um, no, but prior to Chris, there was a, a dude named uh, Eric Jacks, and um, he was like a director of marketing at this um, uh, promotions agency that I worked at. Um, he was really good uh, in terms of just kind of bringing up kind of what you were talking about, like, actually both of you, how uh, he was really good at kind of bringing out the ideas in you, so um, kind of laying out the groundwork and, and kind of helping feed you like guardrails to bring you to this like point where you're just kind of coming up with really good concepts and ideas and really fleshed out um, work. Um, so he was a really good uh, asset, but then um, unfortunately he like landed a really ge- great gig and, and transitioned out. <laughs> so I was, I was really sad to see him go. And then luckily this guy walks in the door um, with my theme music. With his uh, <laughs> pompous uh, shoes and, and challenges me to a sneaker battle, uh, which, we literally I, which I won. That's so he says. <laughs> we, 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 we did a marathon think, to are see. Are we going to have a rematch? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> we did a marathon to see ball. who could come in the most days without wearing the same pair of shoes. Oh, okay. I think yeah, you have quite a few shoes. I think he did win by like it's like a shoestring. Like like a day. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Like, but I didn't know we were like like our mom's house shoes. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were starting to borrow your wife's shoes. Your wife's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new trend. You haven't seen this on the dudes. Um, so bad. But no, uh, you know, Chris came in and uh, really just kind of continued. He really just picked up where uh, Eric kind of left off and. Uh, brought really good ideas to the table and you know you didn't necessarily kind of you know I don't think you meant to be a, a bit of a mentor or really lead by example kind of guy but you know you just kind of trailblazed and me kind of sitting there passively I'm like oh you know like this guy kind of knows what he's doing he's got really great ideas you know he seems to be creative and it all makes sense so you know just kind of looked at you and that's that's why you got that phone call and <laughs> that's thank why. you Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode. Uh, (laughs) You know, if I could add one little thing onto the the part. I have a tear. I'm sorry. (laughs) What I found found really interesting and really fun lately is because I've been now the opportunity to like work with a lot of people, right? um, And especially like the stuff that's kind of like, hey, I've been able to do this, and people are like, oh my gosh, that's really really cool. But I've been finding like these people that would consider me a mentor 
to be my mentors too. Right. And it's mm-hmm. that's what I thought was always really fun. I mean, been working collaborating with a young woman on um, like with her nonprofit and what she's been up to and I you know, helping her, but I've been learning so much from her. And and I don't know if I've been able to tell her directly like you know, just like how amazing like her ideas or just what I've learned and like she's literally been a mentor to me even though I've been like, you know, kind of helping her it's been an amazing thing and it just other people like no yeah you really have made me who i am now mm-hmm. and it's really cool to kind of see that like it's interesting because it, it, you know they say two things the one they say the best way to learn is to teach right mm-hmm. it's just like oh because you like as when you explain it to somebody else like you also you may uncover another layer or yeah. like it's like i i know just from having kids getting down to the basics of like don't worry about that that's going to be okay like you know going back to like okay i don't have to worry about real you know the things that i'm worrying about right now because that's going to be okay like just those constant reminders that happen and then two is is just like listening right like in and you you were talking about this earlier eric is just like being in the moment and you know you once you have these exchanges like i i had no idea you know robert like that's that's how you viewed it. and i but i've i've had that conversation not a bunch of times but like a, i know one other time i was at a like a cocktail party and somebody was talking about like um a business they started and then they're like oh what gave you that idea to start the business and the dude was like chris <laughs> and i was like i was like i did like but you know was, like you just never know who's picking up on what and like yeah, how right. you're influencing people so and i think that goes back to like the the thing of pitching right when you go when you pitch ideas a lot of times it's the thinking that just gets infused in some the the project may not happen but now this person or these group of people that you you know that you've been talking to are like hmm they're going to think about some a lot of things differently because you came to them with you know hopefully something that's really awesome and creative um i'm going to do one more thing uh, I, I didn't get to half my notes we've been having such a good time <laughs> um, that's good that's a good thing no it is a really great thing um i, I th- yeah. I think when a lot of people think of innovation, they think of like the new stuff, right? Like, oh, like new. Um, Original. I know. And even as a parent, it's like one of my favorite quotes is like, sometimes we try so hard to give our kids what we didn't have that we forget to give them what we did have. Um, and I think when we think about like technology and going to space and like, you know, um, are there things that the, the note that I have here is we had a there's Nolan Bushnell, Godfather of Atari. Like that's that's nostalgia for everybody. But also we interviewed the uh, creator of MacGyver, which was pretty sweet. Like like especially me like in my favorite 80s actions uh, <laughs> episode or, or series. I feel like you've been MacGyver for Halloween. Is that true? <laughs> no, no, but it's a good there idea. There you go. There yeah. you go. There's your idea. MacGyver. This year, Black Guyver. Black Guyver. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great. That's, I'm sorry. So I digress. You're I, that, welcome. That is my Halloween costume mm-hmm. now. But you know, what do you kind of miss, right? Like we always keep talking about the future and like what's cool and what's awesome. But like, what do you miss or what do you hope that like sticks around? I could jump in. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was actually having a, a conversation with um, this guy I, I work with at, at my new gig. Um, and he he's big on you know uh, comics and kind of cartoons and stuff. And we were talking about The Simpsons and kind of how the new uh, batch of shows and episodes that they come out with aren't so much substantial as they used to be. Whereas looking back on the episodes I used to watch as a kid um, in the early '90s, it was there was always like a, a moral of the story. You know, like something was always there was always a, a zany story that happened. Like Homer would always. Fuck something. Oh, can I? Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> Cat has been cussing the entire Yeah, yeah, episode. I'm a sailor, so everybody <laughs> else can be a sailor. But yeah, you know, uh, Homer always messes things up. Um, 
but at the end of the day, there was always like this weird thing that you kind of took away and, and really learned from, from their story. Um, it's And we were talking about how modern day it, it's not as prevalent in the in the storyline and we we're trying to decipher like why that is and he, he actually came up with a really interesting uh, perspective by saying that um, he thought that it was because the people who now write uh, the scripts and the stories were the kids of old and you know as kids you kind of don't really notice all the morality and the the, the you know the story you, you're just kind of captivated by like, hey, it's a cartoon. Oh, he tripped. Ha ha ha. Right. But you, you don't really understand the underlying, you know, the silver lining, if you will, or the, you know, the deeper meaning uh, until you're a little older. You know, when you kind of look back on stuff, I, I know I've watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street a lot. And from when I was a kid to what I see now, it's it's a drastic like night and day difference. Um, so I kind of miss that kind of weird, I don't know, family value that um, people used to kind of instill. It seems like it's kind of missing, and uh, I don't mean to come off preachy no. by any means. Uh, I, I have plugs and tattoos and all this stuff, <laughs> so you know, by no means am I like a, a stiff uh, square. <laughs> Your shirt even <laughs> says bad news on exactly. it. Exactly, mm-hmm. it is bad news. Ladies. I want my shirt warned you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of miss it. I don't know. I, I, I have, and I, I liked what you're saying there, and I think... Um, for me, uh, this this idea of the traditional concept of anticipation. So when I when I say that, I mean like, I mean I love Netflix and I love binge watching, right? And I like being able yeah. to watch anything anytime <laughs> I want. And I and I acknowledge that that's beautiful and wonderful. But there was something about knowing, oh my God, it's on tonight at eight. You know, like and you mm-hmm. in the water talk and like the anticipation of things, or like written letters. You know, knowing like that somebody. Like let you know that they called you and said, "Oh, I wrote you a letter, or you're gonna you're gonna get this ba- package from me," or so, mm. you know what I mean. This this uh, even uh, so. Whereas I'm not bashing the immediacy of everything right now because I think we're d- just we're in a we're in a technology advanced society that that is the norm and that is valuable and I and I wouldn't want it any other way. But there's something about my past that I missed that anticipation aspect of things because there was something exciting about it and there was something exciting about it that then once you were able to have it or experience it then then you can talk about it in a a different way than you can now no I mean like like, I mean from an entertainment perspective you know, weekly episodes definitely like brought people together because you could like you know, everybody was talking about it. Now, if you've watched all of Narcos, like I, don't don't tell me, and now I won't I'm talk on, to like, you for three months because I haven't started it, <laughs> right. and I don't know when I'm going to start it. And then when I do start really it, good. I haven't gotten to that episode yet. It's really good. So like, in season, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what do you miss? I'm I'm kind of piggybacking off of what you were just saying. It's uh, the authentic human connection component. Um, there's that immediacy that it, it's kind of funny for me. If like if I like you, I'm not really gonna text you. Um, I'll probably email you. I'll write you a, a letter. Is that why you text me before you came here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you know, it's kind of like I'll text you for like, hey, what's going on in like the next 20 minutes and kind of thing. But if um, I've really been enjoying, you know, I've. I honestly, I work like 60 hours a week just doing all these various projects and and taking the time out though to write an email out, just like, hey, here's what's going on. Maybe it's even an update on projects or yep. just kind of like this this component. Like 
there's a gratification to that. And then actually when I see like that, the reply coming in, I get excited just like seeing that. I'm like, oh my God, like, this is really They're cool. typing. You know, and you they're can typing. see they're typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ellipses. But you know, it's, but it's, you know, for me, like, you know, when you're writing a text, no one wants to receive like a novel, mm-hmm. you know, really long text. And if you, you do, you're in trouble. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's and a bad it's, thing. But it's like within an email or a letter, it's kind of like expected that you can, and you're getting a real sense of that individual yeah. by like adding flavor to it. And you know, it's kind of like a an outward expression of creativity in some ways on how I use my words and to write. I mean, I've literally written like a three page letter, and then I'm like, I should probably edit this down, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then did. And but it was like a nice little concise thing and it was just that you know doing stuff for people just to make them kind of happy yeah like there's just so much you know getting to know people with how they curate themselves on social media which i find really disappointing yeah and you know by writing this letter i feel it's like hey this is what you see me on facebook instagram but this is really this is me talking to you i pause a lot like when i like when i write it i write something like you i like i work a lot and so when i'm like sometimes i just i'll get ready to fire off an email and then i just pause like right mm-hmm. before i press in and i'm like mm-hmm. let me add a smiley face yeah, and then yeah. like say something like how are you you know what i mean just like right. <laughs> just like those those small court i do ex- i did that ex- i had that exact same moment yesterday where i just like rattled off something cuz i needed something from somebody and i was like hey what's the update on blah 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 or whatever. And then I looked at the email and I was like, you sound dick. like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like you haven't talked to this person in five days and you, you're friends with them. Like you know them. But you haven't even said like, how are you? Like, are you okay? You know what I mean? There's right. just, with that immediacy of everything and needing to know everything like rapidly, there's that gets lost. The how are you gets lost. Yeah. Well, I, right. I mean, I mean, think for like the purposes of this show and like the the people who listen to it, it is like you know having that. We go back to authenticity or just realizing that. A person is the recipient of whatever it is you're working on, like whether it's your project or your copywriting or what you're doing for the gamers and communicating to somebody. It's like there's a person at the end of this experience. A lot of times we get caught up so much in like, oh, this is easy now because an ease shouldn't mean like a greater distance of connection to somebody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was my Jerry's. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Star. All right, I want to thank everybody. Um, let's thank go around you. the table and do do some Twitter handles and in social mediums. Oh, awesome! Um, ladies first. Sure. Okay. Robert. Uh, Robert. No, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was waiting for it. I was like, I don't, I don't really know you guys too well though, so I couldn't pull that card. I was, I knew you would. Though. I knew you would. Uh, yeah, Cat Jones. You can find me. I'm more of an Instagrammer than I am a Twitter, so you can find me at, at the K A T J O N E S. Um, and yeah, fun times. Is that another Twitter handle? Oh, Twitter Fun handle times? is no, no. The Twitter handle is at Supercat Jones. Supercat Super Jones. Supercat Jones. Supercat. Mm-hmm. Um, With a K. <laughs> I am Robert. Uh, you can find me anywhere at at Don't Even Trip. It's very simple. Do not trip. <laughs> um, and I guess is that an emotional warning or a physical warning? Yeah, uh, both. Okay. Was um, that your traditional background that got you to Don't Even Trip? <laughs> <laughs> He's clumsy. <laughs> Was that, actually, it was a dance crew. There um, you go. But anyway, hmm. I digress. Um, or you could. Uh, you can't digress for saying you were in a dance crew. But <laughs> <laughs> I was in a dance crew. But anyway. <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> um, no, or you can find me at com. That's pretty much just going to lead you to Google. <laughs> uh, but have fun with that. <laughs> wow. So you're Google? No. no. <laughs> Hi, I am Hi, Google. Hi, I'm Mr. Yeah. Google. <laughs> 
We didn't I mean, get to talk about artificial intelligence. I know, right? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, um, Eric, uh, same as Kat. I'm more of an Instagrammer than a t- uh, tweeter. Uh, my yeah, you said Twitter. I said a Twitter. Oh wow, social media, not. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on Instagram, um, Nosa N O S A one one three eight. It's an old reference to an old movie. Well, what is it? THX one thirty eight one one three eight. I have no idea what that is. <sighs> George that? Lucas. For like first movie. Okay. Wow. Right. Wow. That was a, why, wait. George Lucas had a movie before Star You're Wars. Just rubbing it before in before American You're Graffiti. You're just rubbing it if in. If you don't. <laughs> wow. And, and I know that this good? guy. This guy. Hi- it, highly recommended or? It's kind of an art house movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he names his Instagram off of it. Yeah, he's reluctant about it. He's like. <laughs> I mean, you gotta see it. Just <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm Densonology at, at everything. So uh, thank you all for joining us. One last cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Great, cheers. great people. Clink, thank you. Clink, 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 clink. clink, clink. Low fives. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another installment of Innovation Crush, episode number 99. 99. 99. Woo! Peace.